Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks, who said business news needs to be all business? Yesterday, CoreLogic released their monthly home value index report, and it showed that property prices are still on the rise. Yeah, that's despite interest rates being their highest since 2012. In fact, it's the fifth consecutive month we've seen an increase in national figures. And for the macroeconomic nerds amongst us, I'm putting up my hand as one of them, and maybe just those people with mortgages, yesterday was also an important day in the diary. It was the first Tuesday of the month, which signals the day the RBA meets to decide on the cash rate. Basically, are interest rates going to go up? And they decided to keep them the same. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of August, and today I want to know, is there an end in sight to the ever-rising price of property? And what does this tell us about the wider Australian economic story? To talk about this today, I'm joined by Eliza Owen from CoreLogic. Eliza, welcome to The Dive. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So you've just released the latest Home Value Index report. It's a national update. What are the key takeaways? We love to hear about property, so give me the headlines. (laughs) So the Home Value Index, which is measuring the value of the Australian property market, rose 0.7% in July. So that takes this kind of recovery trend in housing values into a fifth consecutive month. We've just been through this peak to trough decline of 9.1%. That bottomed out in February this year. Um, So that July takes us to five months of lift. What's notable about it, though, is that the 0.7% is much weaker than what we saw over June, which was a 1.1% lift. We had a 1.2% lift in May. So it's fair to say that even though there's been a recovery trend in recent months, a little bit of momentum has been knocked out of that recovery trend. And we're seeing that in things like the auction clearance rate as well, which was sort of trending above 70%. It's now dipped back into the high 60s. And that's probably to do with the June rate rise, which I think surprised markets a little bit and obviously further constrains borrowing capacity. Can I just ask really quickly, for those of us who aren't at auctions every Saturday morning, what do we see as the average or the regular auction clearance rate? That's a great question. So historically, the average clearance rate across the combined capital cities markets, though it's mainly Sydney and Melbourne, has been about 65%. And when you're trending above that, it does indicate a better seller's market. But even within that, there's variation, right? In the same way that we can say, okay, the market's growing, but it's growing at a slower rate okay, the auction clearance rate is trending above the historic average, but we can see it slowed down a little from the strong results in May. And I guess that's sort of how I would characterise the market right now. It is resilient. It's kind of in a bounce back. But that bounce back is still very uncertain. 
and and I think we've really seen the results of that in the July figures. Mm. So going back to the July figures, which we're talking about today, 0.7%. Interest rates have obviously just been the headlines every time you open a paper. Can you talk a little bit more about the cause and effect relationship there? Yeah, absolutely. So historically, the underlying cash rate and the property market have what we would call an an inverse relationship or a negatively correlated kind of relationship. If interest rates go up, that means that the price of money is essentially going up. So when the price of money goes up, less money is demanded or less credit is demanded. Banks are assessing your ability to repay home loans based on mortgage rates, which are influenced by that underlying cash rate. So higher interest rates usually signal less demand for housing and and less credit availability for housing, which is what brings prices down. So it's really unusual that we've gotten to this, what is potentially the peak in the cash rate and property values have continued to rise, even though the, the, the interest rate is relatively high and it's risen very quickly. That's not unprecedented. There have been periods of times where property values have gone up, even though interest rates have gone up. But it's usually around very exceptional circumstances, like we're seeing at the moment, strong levels of migration, a real mismatch of supply and demand. That's also reflected in the national housing market at the moment. In the past three months, we've seen about 105,000 new listings added to the market. So in other words, 105,000 selling decisions, but more people are buying. So we've actually seen 123,000 sales in that same period. And so that I think is part of what's pushing property prices that, that little bit higher. So yesterday the RBA met and made the decision to keep the cash rate or keep interest rates the same. What do you predict the impact of that decision will be? It's hard to say. I think, you know, watching from May to June, May was when the cash rate was a 3.85 and I think a lot of people expected that that was the peak and that's where we saw this kind of exuberance around the property market. June took some heat out because it was a bit of a surprise increase. So I wonder if Australian consumers are a little bit more wary now or a little bit more cautious uh, that just because the interest rates held for August doesn't mean that there's not another rate hike left. On the one hand, you've got rapidly unwinding inflation. Uh, We're seeing that in our own housing data in terms of construction costs and rents. But we're also seeing it in the official CPI numbers to have that core inflation figure drop by nearly a whole percent in the June quarter. That's a really positive sign that would speak to a further hold in rates. But on the other hand, you have this persistently tight labour market, which has held at around 3.5% unemployment for the past 12 months, really. And that's, that's not budged a lot. So that will be one thing, as well as the recent recovery in home values, that the RBA will be considering in future monetary policy decisions. There's reports that more than a million Australian households with home loans are ending fixed rate periods when interest rates were set previously at record lows. More than 880,000 fixed rate mortgages will expire this year, another 450,000 next year. The majority of new loans being written are variable at much higher interest rates. 
For families with big mortgages, there aren't many things left to cut back. It's estimated it's about 880,000 that are going to expire this year and another 450,000 in 2024. How are you at CoreLogic thinking about this and what effect do you anticipate it's going to have on property prices? Yeah, so this is a piece that we've investigated a little bit. I would say the biggest takeaway for me is that although there was a real pickup in fixed borrowing through the pandemic, most of our mortgage market is still on variable terms. Mm -hmm. And we've seen variable rate holders deal pretty well with rising mortgage costs. So assuming that borrowers on fixed rates are similar to that population of variable mortgage holders, we can assume that we'll probably get through this period with still relatively contained levels of mortgage arrears for sales, things like that. And again, RBA research suggests that the two pools of borrowers are very similar. So it's going to be a bit of a sticker shock for people transitioning from interest rates of sub 2% to what is now around 6% Mm. on average. Since rates started to rise, We estimate the monthly mortgage costs on a $500,000 loan have gone up about $960 a month. For a million-dollar loan, it's up around $2,000 a month. So this is a serious adjustment in household budgets that we're talking about. Some people are going to fall into a bit of trouble. Some people might feel they can't continue servicing their mortgage at at these highs and decide to sell. Mm -hmm. Incidentally, we have seen a bit of an uptick in new listings added to the market through July which is very unusual. Usually they would be trending down because seasonally Mm. fewer people sell during winter. So that could be partly a reflection of this period where we've got a lot of people transitioning from fixed to variable mortgages. Some people are saying, look, the costs are too high. We need to sell. Anecdotally, that remains a very small portion of of sellers. And the official data also points to very contained numbers of people falling behind on their payments. But you can only uh, assume it's going to increase a little bit through this period, even off of very low levels. Let's take a quick break. But when I get back, I take the opportunity to talk to Eliza about some of the broader research that CoreLogic undertakes, including what their data says about where the best place in Australia is to invest, east or west. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to The Dive. I have the privilege of being joined today by Eliza Owen, who's from CoreLogic and she is head of research. CoreLogic 
publish some really interesting and fascinating data. And I can't be talking to the head of research without taking that opportunity to talk to you about it. (laughs) Recently, you published the third edition of CoreLogic's Women and Property Report, and it found that there's at least partial ownership of 70.1% of homes by women in Australia. And the corresponding number with men is 73.2%. In other words, the difference of about 3.1% of stock analyzed. Why is it important to consider the breakdown of property ownership in this way in Australia? I'd love you to talk to that. Yeah, great question. So we started looking at this, uh, well, it was initially just sort of a thought of what we could do around International Women's Day, but it is a really important consideration for wealth disparity between men and women in Australia. And in Australia as well, Property ownership is very central to wealth accumulation and retirement. I don't think a lot of young people really think about home ownership in this way, but it's become an implicit pillar of ensuring that you don't have housing costs by the time you retire. Um, Because if you get to retirement, your income goes right down. And if you're still trying to pay rent, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And indeed, that is the one of the biggest factors that contributes to your chance of having an impoverished retirement is, is if you're still a renter. So there's that. There's also the fact that property values have outpaced income growth so rapidly for the past decade. That's not to say that that's a guaranteed thing for the future, but to miss out on that wealth accumulation only kind of adds to the disparity. So a lot of the disparity that we find between male and female property ownership in Australia is actually in that investment segment. Mm. Um, So for whatever reason, it it seems that uh, men do have a kind of higher concentration in the property investment space and could be benefiting from, from more wealth gains as a result. Yeah, I found it such an interesting report to read, but I'm going to pick up on that investing thread. Of course, we're a business show and we're part of an investing network. You recently found the proportion of property investors active in the marketplace is back to its long-term average. So it's comprising 34% of mortgage demand based on the value of new mortgage commitments. And as a result, you published an article saying East or West when considering the best place to invest. What did you find? What what did your findings tell us? Yeah, so I do want to pick up on the investor listings piece because it's important to remember that it is a proportional piece, right? And new listings, while they've been rising, they're still pretty low. Um, So investor selling is relatively high, but it's not at the highest level it's ever been. The highest level was in 2021, actually, where you had really strong capital gains in the property market. And we actually produced that data to understand if investors were cashing in on those capital gains and therefore contributing to a bit of volatility uh, in the rental market. So our guess is that, or I guess our our educated guess, hopefully, (laughs) is that we've gone from a period of selling um, uh, investors selling to cash in on strong capital gains to a point now where investors are selling because they might be having issues of serviceability. Yeah, okay. The capital gains aren't as robust now as what they were in, in the sort of market peak 2021, early 2022. Uh, In terms of the east or west, we find that a really interesting 
case because your biggest investment markets are generally Sydney and Melbourne, where the rental return is actually very low. Mm. So potentially the strategy is more kind of capital growth, uh, where Sydney and Melbourne have generally outperformed other cities over time. What we're seeing now, however, is that not only is WA presenting relatively affordable price points for entry, but the rental yields are relatively high. It's proving a very popular first-home buyer market. The migration trends are really strong. So although WA went through this sort of very volatile mining boom and bust in the 2010s, we're looking at the market now and we're saying, hey, actually, there's probably some really good opportunities here depending on your strategy. I love ending on a positive note. Opportunities, as you said, Eliza, of course, you have to do your own research, but so fun and really interesting diving into your research today. And I hope it's not the last time that we have you on the dive. Amazing. Me too. Thank you so much to Eliza from CoreLogic. She's the head of research for joining us on the dive today. I'm going to be back on Friday with news about TikTok and how they're trying to get into the music space. In the meantime, can I ask you for a quick favor? I know I ask you for something every single episode, but this one, it's different. Can you jump into your podcast player, open it up, give us a five-star review and write some lovely comments, please? Here's why. It's literally the best way to get those secret algorithms of all these different podcast players to recommend us to other listeners. Other podcasts, they might have marketing budgets or big radio teams behind them. We are small, independent media, and it really does make all the difference. There are some of you who've already done that. To you, I say thank you. I do read them all and I take your feedback on board. But with that said, I'll talk to you on Friday. Take care. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.